Our subject tonight is uh, accepted of God. If we were as concerned about being accepted by people, you know, we want everybody to like us. Right. Everybody agree with it. And if so-and-so doesn't agree with us, then we feel maybe I was wrong. Uh, I'll tell you right up front, I, I don't believe that. I believe that we should preach what God has given us. And stand for it. And it's not the fact that I accept him, but does he accept me? So, if you have your Bibles, Second Corinthians will be our text verse. And as we look at this subject, accept it of him. You know... Uh, this verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10 contains the second direct New Testament mention of the judgment seat of Christ. We got some of our members here tonight, and I'm thankful for that. But if, when people tell me, you know, I live so close to the Lord that He's never dealt with me, I wouldn't want to buy anything from him. Because if you lie about the word of God and what God does, you'll lie about whether you want this car or not. And I think the problem is, is that we must all appear before the judgment seat of God and he says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, it's appointed, and the man wants to die. Amen. I want you to know that I believe, and that doesn't make it so because I believe it, but I believe that I was born right on time. I wasn't a week early. <coughs> I wasn't a week late. Amen. And I'm going to die right on time. I stand before you tonight. I've gone through two open heart surgeries. I've had a spleen removed that I was in the hospital for 40 some days and numerous other health problems. And people say, don't push yourself. Whether I push myself or I sit down and give up, I'm going to die right on time. You're right. Amen. Right on time. To the second. But before you run away with that, we've got a responsibility. You know, I can't do the things I used to do. Can't lift what I used to lift. Can't run as fast as I used to run. Now, you said, what's that got to do with your subject? We need to accept those who are physically disabled, mentally disabled, or whatever that disability is, there's still got a soul. Yeah, amen. Still got a soul. So we want to look at, you know, the reason to be rewarded for our deeds is because we were faithful to the Lord. 
And you can study Ezekiel 12, 14, Jeremiah 17, 10, and we got a lot of scriptures, so we won't read every one of them. But uh, what we have in this verse that we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that which he has done, whether it be good or bad. Amen. So I think it's important that especially Christians realize that we're going to stand before God and give an account. If you're a church member, if you're a preacher, whoever you are, if you're a child of God, it is our responsibility to tell that individual about Jesus. But let me put a sidebar in there. Don't you be talking Jesus one day and talking Christ the next day. He said, oh, church members wouldn't do that. Come on up, Kentucky, I'll show you a few. Sure we do. Sure we do. Because we have gone to sleep on eternal security of the blood-bought believer. God knows who this church's next pastor is going to be. God knew that before he created the world. You know, when people get all excited, you know, because I preach that God knew that I was going to be saved on the Tuesday morning where I would be. He knew that, and he elected me before this was. Is that what he now says in the book of Ephesians? Going out here and win a soul. You can't win a soul if God's already put his name in the book of life. It's got to go through the process. And the process is to live so you will not be ashamed to die. That's the starting point. Because if you think the world is not looking at you, you've been watching too much something. And the world is looking at you. Now, so let's start all the way back where we want to look tonight in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, you know, let's turn to the 15th chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And when we read this, and we study this, but let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, start out about page 42, uh, verse 42. God said, So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. I'm only here partly tonight because my better half went to meet the Lord about a year ago. Fifty-five years I lived with that woman. Dated her two years before I married her. 
And we've loved each other for 57 years. You said, man, that's a long time. God has loved me throughout eternity. He's chosen me. He elected me. He died for me. And he seen that I was going to hear the gospel. In my case, he put me in the hospital. Brother Bill Hunley. Some of y'all know Brother Bill Hunley. Pastor Fellowship Baptist Church in Lexington for 15 years. He put him in the room with me. And I told my doctor, I told everybody that came in, me or him, one got to move. I don't care who you move, but one of us is going. You know why? Because I was lost and depraved, and I was most important because the Monday I went into the hospital, I was supposed to get married on Friday. That was postponed 40-some days. But you know what? i tell you tonight, that woman was worth waiting for. But I'm more excited about my Savior was more. Jesus was worth giving up the sinful life. He died for me. He died for you if you're saved tonight. Amen. Whether you're a child, a young person, or the oldest person in this building, if you are still breathing, if you are still alive, God can use you. God said in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 42, you know, as we look at this, in verse 43, he said, it is, it is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory, it is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. Have you ever thought, really thought about death? You know. You know how much it costs to bury somebody now? And you go by a tombstone and you stick it behind that person and they're not even there. They ain't never been there and they will never be there. You think about the money that I spent on a tombstone. The money I spent on, you know, because I wanted my wife to have the best. She deserved the best. You know how many lost souls you can reach for fifteen to $20,000? She's still in glory. She's not suffering. She died of the worst thing that I can think of, and that's cancer. Twenty-some yeah. treatments. Died of cancer, and the body is just, you know, the last few years she was just there. Christ died for you if you're saved tonight. Amen. Are you just there? Do you just tell people, I know the Lord, you come to church? There's more to the Christian life than that. 
If I did too loud, y'all say, you know, Joseph. I wore, I think it's worth shouting about. I get more excited over a preaching of God's word than I do Kentucky football, and, and I love Kentucky football. But I can't get sixty, seventy thousand dollars to my church. I can't get six hundred at my church. I can't get a hundred at my church. And I'm preaching a message that will save their unworthy soul. And I've had people tell me, and I, if I was a good, you know, headed all upstairs, I guess I would listen to them. You preach too loud. You scare the babies. You wake up the old people. So if I'm preaching too loud, I said, I won't stop, but you can do that. Because I believe the gospel is worth shouting about. Amen. We as pastors need to teach something. We need to teach the doctrines of grace. We need to teach the local church. And yes, this will change the tone. We must discipline those who don't. No discipline in the churches. Want me to give you an illustration? We discipline a person. And the pastor said, when he went, and he told him he was uh, disciplined. So the pastor called me and said, what does he have to do What's he got to do? He's got to go back before the church to discipline him. That's what he's got to do. Are we doing that? We'll find some excuse. Well, this happened and this happened. I don't care. The church had the authority to discipline and the church is the one that makes it right. Brother Hogjaw up here, he don't do it. I don't answer to Brother Hogjaw. I answer to God. God said, he talks about his old body, it's sown in dishonor, it's raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. My, my wife, when she, when I see her next, she won't have no cancer. That piece of a body where she suffered seven days a week. She said, oh, that's terrible. I wish I could do something. Well, I tell you what you can do in honor of my wife. You can tell somebody about Jesus tomorrow. Because she's with the Lord. And she wants you tonight, if you're lost, to be with the Lord. He said, well, Brother Vance, all these people are saved. I hope so. You preachers know what I'm going to say next is true. You used to tell who was saved just by how they act. But you can't now. And no, I don't judge nobody. I don't have the right to judge nobody. But I was brought up as an old country boy, and my dad used to say, you know, look at that tree out there, son. 
What kind of tree is it? I said, it's an apple tree, Dad. How do you know? It produces apples. Put it together. Christians produce Christians by preaching and teaching the word of God and praying that the Holy Spirit will bear witness with it. Nobody's going to get saved because I'm loud. And nobody's going to be saved because you're soft. But somebody can be saved if we preach the word of God and tell our young people they need to get right with God. Well, us independent Baptists, we don't have no high power down there in Lovell, Cincinnati, Nashville, wherever they are now to make the rules. But I tell you one rule I would make if I could. You'd have a box at the front door and all phones would go in the box. What is so important, more important than hearing the word of God? Brother said he's listened to some of my sermons on I got a great compliment, brother. You know what a person told me? I've came and listened to you. You ain't no different on sermon audio than you are in the church. Why should I be? Why should you be? If you're saved, you're saved in the church, outside the church. And if you believe the gospel, God saved you so you could witness to somebody else. He said, boy, you're like a shotgun tonight. It's good, ain't it? I mean, it's times that you just want to bring out some little points, little, you know, that people don't get. Oh, I can I can preach verse by verse. Uh, I preached the book of Revelation, and I've given out hundreds of copies. People come back and they say, "The part I agree with you is really good." Don't you love that? They didn't even read it. So what we think about this? The parts that we agree with, amen, that's good. The same God, same God spoke every verse. And you didn't understand none of it until the Spirit of God showed you. Let's quit selling the Spirit of God short. We are merely messengers for the Lord. God says here in verse 46, How be it that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward, that was just spiritual. Now, I'm not 
taking this into this chapter, I'm using these to bring out a point. God saved me 55 years ago. And I have never, never got tired of reading his word. And I don't tell Brother Ellis back there unless I appreciate the work he does. He could be doing like most preachers do out there playing golf or something. I don't play either. But, you know, God's work comes first. God's work comes first. So, are we accepted of him? I had a person ask me last week. He, he said, you know, I'm really thankful you're my pastor, Brother Van. I said, are you as thankful for Jesus being your Savior? And the reason I believe, and any of y'all can correct me, you know, uh, what I believe, I'll speak, I'll listen to rebuttal. But if you disagree with me, you got to show me in the Word. Amen. Not that's what I believe or that's what I've been taught. All I'm saying tonight is because, you know, I'll be 78 years old October the 4th. I can't do half what I used to do. And I'm not going to waste my last year or my last two years compromising so that at a conference like this that somebody would say, boy, I'll tell you, he was a good preacher. Oh, why didn't you tell me that while I was living instead of wait till he was dead? Why is one of my family thinking about joining your church? So you see some of the points that I brought out and want to bring out. But in uh, verse 53 of uh, 1 Corinthians 16, you know, he said, For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and the mortal must put on immortality. But you notice this third word, for the corruptible. This body is my enemy. This body is my enemy. And this body will choose. My waste of time is, is going out to a shooting range. I just stay out there in hours, you know, waste four or five things of shells, you know, just shooting, shooting. And the faster I, matter I get, the more I shoot. I shoot guns. You play golf. Go eat. 
but we got a release. We got a release. But I guarantee you, you pastors, you know, I just use God because that's easy, you know. They think all preachers uh, like God. Wrong, I don't. Why? Never was good at it. I couldn't see the ball half the time, you know. My eyes was too bad. Why not wasting your time when you're upset or when you think God is not using you? Why not just getting on our knees and saying, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I let you down. People that really know me may not agree with my approach, but they know that I love them and they know that I'm not going to tell them anything that I first believed and that it came from the Word of God. And I don't get excited as pastor or as church if some people do this and some people don't do this and somebody do this. But I'm going to preach it anyway. You know, I don't know what any of y'all believe on certain things, but I just can't, uh, I just can't no way, you know, this next holiday coming up is for kids, Pastor. Be nice. Do you know where this satanic holiday came from? And if we're wasn't supposed to preach it, why is it in here? If we're not supposed to practice discipline, why did he put it in there? We don't have balloon sales and flyer sales and all kind of sales to raise money. We got to say 10% of what I own belongs to God. Amen. And I haven't given nothing until I've given that 10%. Church is having bake sales and laundry this and for, for the Lord. Has he dropped that low in our books? That God can't provide for his church. We got to go to the devil and said, Lord, I'm, you know, because he was Lord, because we went to him for help. Don't we, who we go to help, don't we think they love us and respect us? And the devil's got more hypocrites in bad the churches than Christ has today. People said, I don't know whether you ought to say that. It's in the Bible. All you got to do is look up what a true Baptist is and look up what a hypocrite is. And they're coming in to the church because they have some talent. This wasn't in my notes. I don't know why I thought that. But... uh, not in 
my notes. I don't think you can sing for the Lord in a bar on Friday and Saturday and sing for the Lord in church. Amen. You're right. If you know it's going on as pastor and you permitted, you're just as bad as they are. I preach my convictions. I'm here on third Sunday evening. I'll sit down with anybody. It's not bragging. I probably know less than any of you. But what I know, I do know. Because the Spirit of God taught me. Amen. See, I remember these preachers like the former pastor of where this man is from. Brother Bob uh, Roger Jones. Brother Al Gormley. Brother Bill DeRossett. When churches of like faith is breaking fellowship with each other because they express their opinion. See, I can talk to any of you preachers and we ought to be able to speak openly. You know, I'm not saying you're wrong, but if this is my favorite saying and my members to vouch to it, both of us can be wrong, but both of us can be right. Think about that statement. He said, on what? Oh, I can go anything you want to mention. Element of the Lord's Supper, whether we wear a head covering or not, whether we go out swimming naked. Both of us can be right, but both of us can be wrong. How much time have I got? Oh, this short one. Nine minutes. Let me tell you something, church. A lot of you know, did know Brother Roger Jones. Man, he was a lot of fun. I held a couple revivals for, for him, and we just had a ball. <laughs> He'd always tell his wife, if the president called, take that number, I'll call him back. We'd go down the road and he'd wave at everybody. You know them? Brother Sly? No, but they may break down on the road or I may break down on the road and they'll remember that old fat boy waved at me. You said that's not important. Yes, it is. Amen. It's important that if I go to Walmart in my hometown, that they know I'm a pastor. Not because I'm wire suit. Not because I've got a little button that said I found it. He didn't lose nothing. He didn't find nothing. But if you'd like to wire the little button, I don't care. You know. But see, this is what spirituality has came to.
these young people need to be brought up now in the Word of God. Instead of trying to see who can buy them the most so they'll win their love. You be a godly mother and a godly father and you won't have to buy nothing. We need to accept Jesus Christ as he is. You're praying for a pastor. Who did you talk to first? Who did you talk to first? I had a preacher. This is this is facts. I had a preacher that said, you know, uh, you know, I know, brother, as you have days you don't feel good and you can't do this or that. Have you picked out a pastor that you want to replace you? No, nobody ever taught me that. What chapter is that in? You know how you get the pastor? You ask God to send you one. And you ask questions that you're not embarrassed to ask. You know what we do on this pulpit committee? Do you believe in the doctrines of grace? I do. Can you name the doctrines of grace? I can. Now, take each of them one at a time and tell me what they mean. You know why we don't ask those questions? We don't know the answers ourselves. Anyway, I, I thank you, y'all. Don't check me out after this sermon. I will, I will try to preach a sermon. I can't preach, you know. But when I get in the mood I'm in tonight, Christianity makes me mad because it represents everything but God. Why do you gotta have? everything in the world to bring him in. What that child is fed growing up will affect their health when they are adults. You think it's not that way? You know, some of y'all may have it as, as fine, but if you got a few minutes before I leave Sunday, you know, what is a junior church and where did it start? You know what's some of them being taught? Well, I tell you, you, you have the same problem that I do, and some of you know. We pray for f- children to come, but Lord, what are we going to do with them? Let me tell you what you do with them. You start preparing to teach them before God sends them to you. I'll have to answer the Lord for wasting paper. I 
can preach. I don't know what y'all heard tonight, but man, I am capable of, of preaching. I, I've been preaching 55 years, and uh, we got over a thousand messages on sermon audio. You want to hear something not funny, but there are people who listen to us in the foreign country more than in the state of Kentucky. You know why? They're hungry for the word of God. We've had so much word that we just grounded ourselves and we think we're spiritual and we think we're saved and because, you know, I'm going to be in the bride of Christ. You don't even know what the bride is. Man, I like to preach that. I do. Not everybody agrees with me. But it's all right. That's because you're saved. And I will give you a hint. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll do this like they do a seminar. You can ask questions. I just don't have no books to tell you. But ain't, ain't nobody been able to prove to me that everybody that belongs to a Baptist church is going to be in the bride. My granddaughter just got married a couple of three weeks ago. I don't even want to tell you how much money was spent on it, but she'd been dating the same boy for seven years. I married him. I said, well, you know, if you don't know him now, you don't know him. And she said, oh, Papa, I know him. And I said, Caitlin, no, you don't. That, that beautiful rose, that understanding little flower that want to please you. Hey, it changes when you say I do. Thank you.